Pilate therefore said to him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest it, I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world. Words taken from today's Holy Gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Father Dennis Fahey, some of you may have heard of him. Father Dennis Fahey was born in Tipperary, Ireland in the year 1883. And at only 17 years old, the young Dennis Fahey entered the religious order known as the Holy Ghost Fathers. And he eventually took his final vows as a consecrated religious. Father Dennis Fahey was largely educated in Rome and was eventually ordained to the Holy Priesthood. Father Fahey would soon receive a doctorate in theology also from a university in Rome. He had a number of assignments, including being a seminary professor, as well as serving as a chaplain at an internment camp in Switzerland during the end of World War I. But for the most part, he spent most of his time residing in Ireland until his death in the year 1954. Father Fahey spoke fluently in German, French, and Italian. A prolific writer, he authored several books that focused extensively on the defense of the kingship of Christ in Ireland and beyond. I was made aware of his works, his written works, just a few decades ago. And I was warned by some conservative Catholics not to read his books because someone considered him an anti-Semite. People love using that label, don't they? Some considered his writings dated because of their quote-unquote pre-Vatican II theology. But then again, our Lord and Savior was also before the council as well. But then again, we must figure these books out. And I figured he was the kind of author I wanted to read. You may forget most of what I have preached here this morning, but remember the responsibility, the charge that I offer to you. Begin to read his works. You will not be disappointed. They are eye-opening in their love of Christ's kingship over men. While still a seminarian in Rome, it is said that Father Fahey would ask permission from his superiors to spend many hours in prayer in front of the altar of the chair of St. Peter and the great basilica named after the first pope. And while in prayer before that holy relic, literally of Peter's chair, the chair that he sat in, Father Fahey would ponder the history of the whole world and would repeatedly promise St. Peter that if he ever got the chance, he would teach the truth about Christ the King in the way that St. Peter and his successors wanted it done. It is said that his heart so identified with the sacred heart of Christ the King, that any opposition to his kingship by men or nations caused Father Fahey the most intense physical pain and migraine headings. If anyone questioned Christ's kingship, he would feel the pain. Father Fahey proposed a divine program, which God wills, a divine program for mankind's return to God through Christ and his kingdom. If you want men to get to heaven, they're going to get there through Christ the king and his kingdom, the Catholic Church. 
This Irish priest then added that men and societies, including our own nation, do not have any right to propose a different alternative plan, but must always try to grasp what God has instituted and to bow down in humble submission to the divine will. Father Fahey's most famous motto and oft-used phrase was, quote, the world must conform to our Lord, not he to it, unquote. During his seminary studies in Rome, Father Fahey learned how the mystical body of Christ transformed the pagan society of the Roman Empire for the better. It enlightened men. It elevated the Gentile people to embrace the divine program of accepting the social reign of Christ the King that led to the establishment of what was once known as Christendom. This new Christian order of things allowed for the proper and organized return of the human race to its creator. Things were set up in such a way, this is how you get to heaven. And people thought about that daily. The Father Fahey also learned that the evil revolutions of the modern world, especially the French Revolution, brought ruin and destruction and hindered man's orderly return to God. Father Fahey would spend his entire priestly life working to make sure that Christ the King of Heaven would also be recognized as Christ the King of Earth. And in his work, Father Fahey had always two guiding lights, two beacons that led the way. First, the recognition of the kingship of Christ by all men. And number two, exposing and unmasking those evil forces that opposed Christ's kingship and the kingdom of the Catholic Church, namely Freemasonry. One author expanded on these two guiding lights, these two beacons that led Father Fahey. The author writes, first, Recognizing and promoting the kingship of Christ is absolutely necessary for earthly happiness as well as for the salvation of men in heaven. The reign of Christ, the author continued, is the only source of hope for the world, both materially and spiritually. It is the only means for building and preserving civilization. Second, the author comments, any person, any group, any organization or social movement that opposes Christ's social reign, read Freemasonry, is a witting or unwitting tool of demonic powers. Needless to say, in a world that is swimming with heresy today, a world that is swimming with modernism, Marxism, socialism, and every other imaginable error, such a teaching causes a great deal of discomfort. Father Fahey had an excellent education, a powerful intellect, and remained faithful to the magisterium of the church. And because he was so clear, because he was so powerful a teacher and writer, he was the main enemy of modernists and revolutionaries in his day, and he's still hated by those ever since. 
on this last Sunday in October. Holy Mother Church, at least in the traditional Latin Mass calendar, celebrates the great feast of Christ's kingship. In the year 1925, an important date, Pope Pius XI of Holy Memory wrote that papal letter, that papal encyclical known as Quas Primas on the kingship of our Lord. It is a papal letter on the topic of the kingship of Christ written, this is a key thing, written on the 1600th anniversary of the most famous church council of all, the Council of Nicaea held in 325 A.D. And we all know this important council because it condemned the Arian heresy that denied the divinity of Christ. And it produced what we pray every Sunday, the Nicene Creed, where the Son of God is proclaimed by all of us as God from God, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. The Son is the same exact substance, the essence, the same exact nature, the same exact God as his Father. And when this Son of God, when this Son of God personally united himself with the human nature in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that human nature, that sacred humanity was elevated to an immeasurable height and dignity that must reign as king over all creation, including the societies, the nations, the countries of men. The highest executive of all, the highest lawmaker of all, the highest judge of all became man 2,000 years ago. And before he ascended on high, before he ascended into heavenly glory, Christ said to his apostles, and I'm quoting from the scriptures, he says to his apostles, All power, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth, unquote. This is the plan that Father Fahey devoted his entire life to, to have men wake up to God's will. I want you to give me a little bit of allowance here. I'd like to spend the rest of this sermon focusing in on seven foundational principles of Father Fahey's teaching on Christ's kingship. I'm indebted to Loretto Press, for those who know that publisher, for providing much of this information. Let us begin. What is the first principle, according to Father Fahey, connected with Christ's kingship? Number one principle that all states and nations are called to acknowledge that the Catholic Church has been established by God as the one way for the ordered return of human beings to God. This is God's will. He establishes kingdom, join it. In contrast, the enemy, the devil, wants the state, the nation, to put all religions on the same level. All religions are the same. Religious indifferentism, right? This is the first step toward including the secular government to persecute the church, which by divine ordinance can never compromise her singular authority. Providing equal rights to truth and error, which most modern countries do, spreads disorder. As a result, truth becomes confused with error. 
Second principle for Father Faith. Our Lord's plan calls for nations and states to acknowledge the indirect power of the church in civil affairs, including the right to correct and even condemn temporal rulers and human legislation if such rulers or laws provide an obstacle to man's salvation. Because the church is the sole divinely appointed guardian of the entire natural law and moral order. If a state thinks it can redefine marriage, that state can be condemned by the church for its actions. Satan, on the other hand, aims at getting states and nations to treat with contempt this power of the Catholic Church to correct the state. Satan's plan calls for the error of laicism or pure secularism which ignores God's will and ignores the voice of the church and her clerics. In the popular press, we call this simply the divorce or the separation of church and state. Third principle, the unity and indissolubility of Christian marriage symbolizing the union of Christ and his mystical body. This is the foundation of the entire Christian family. Our Lord wants members of his church to cultivate purity and to honor virginity. He wants men to know, to love, and to serve him in this world so that they may be happy with him in the next. We say it in the Baltimore Catechism. Why did God make you? To know God, to love God, to serve God in this world, and be happy with him the next. That's God's plan. Parents, third principle continues, are obliged by God to propagate and fill the earth. But Satan has another disordered plan. Satan aims at undermining the Christian family directly by the introduction of divorce and indirectly by the propagation of immorality, conjugal infidelity, the contraceptive mentality, and all base vices are promoted by his kingdom of man. Bad movies, plays, bad immodest fashions, all forms of base entertainments, he's feeding the world with this every day. Fourth principle, our Lord wants children educated as members of his mystical body, so that they will begin to see everything in the light of Christ's kingship and their relationship with God, with themselves, and with others. All education should be regulated by this Christian spirit. But Satan has a different plan. He aims at impeding and even preventing altogether the education of young people as members of Christ. Keep religion, keep prayer out of schools. It's not only schools, but even cinema, television, internet. All possible sources are used to subvert the morals, especially of youth. And women are especially targeted for this attack. Fifth principle. The divine plan in regards to the economy calls for wide distribution of ownership of property in order to assist families in procuring the necessary material goods that is required for survival. People should 
own their own land. People should own their own means of production so that they can provide for themselves and their family the basics of life. So then they can focus in on higher things like getting to heaven. But Satan doesn't want that. Satan aims at the concentration of wealth and property into the hands of the fewest possible people or all wealth in the hands of an all-powerful state. Sixth principle. The divine plan calls for a monetary system which is for the good of man, that helps with strong, holy families that are supported and promoted. The art of agriculture, according to Father Fahey, is to be considered the ideal labor for supporting life. We should consider ourselves more about the arts of industry versus the arts of money manipulation, just making money for the sake of making money. But Satan has different plans. He aims at a monetary system by which human persons are subordinated to the workplace, subordinated to products and profit. The desire for money, which is merely a medium of exchange, is unlimited. But the desire for property, material goods you can actually touch, needed to foster strong family life, is limited by nature. The money manipulators, which are promoted by Satan, they want money to change hands as much as possible with greater frequency to increase their amount of it. And as a result, a culture of consumerism is fostered and usury is promoted, profiteering by lending to those who are in need. The moral order is weakened in order to undermine true prosperity and temporal happiness. Finally, the seventh principle. Our Lord and Savior Christ the King wants all his members to grasp this program of order laid down by his heavenly Father and to unite with Christ in the central act that exists of complete and total submission to the Trinity, and that is participation in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Because in this sacrifice, the sacrifice of Calvary is represented to us. We're brought to Calvary. All Catholics profess their willingness to respect God's rights to be worshipped and their readiness to strive as a united people to mold, form society in accordance with our Lord's program for order. But Satan doesn't want this. He wants to confuse human beings so that they may give up the idea that there is an order laid out by God for them and an account of his relentless hatred for the supernatural life, he detests more than anything else the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's why when the Antichrist comes, the Bible is clear, the public Mass will be eliminated from people's lives. This is the worst thing he sees, Satan, the, the Mass itself. On this great feast of Christ the King, let us resolve not to be lax liberal Catholics, to resolve to follow the divine plan for an order to return to God and to expose 
the conspiracy of Satan who would hinder our return to God. Revolutionary errors are everywhere, and they have penetrated into most minds and hearts. In a sense, most Catholics today are Freemason in their thinking. We think like naturalists. We think like liberals. Everybody can follow their own religion wherever they want. People can think what they want, do what they want. Liberalism dominates. This stark situation cannot lead to our silence or surrender or compromising with the revolution. As Father Fahey once stated, it is the duty of those who believe in and who love our Lord not to whittle down his program, but to preach the whole truth and to urge the world to the one course befitting creatures, namely a humble submission to the divine order of things. God's will is that all men come to Christ and his kingdom. That's how they get saved. Our purpose in life is to see God face to face. That only happens through the king. Father Fahey continued, the awful consequences of disorder in political, social, and economic life can only be cured by a return to the full doctrine and practice of membership in Christ's kingdom. Therefore, I would ask you to resolve to familiarize yourself with the writings of Father Dennis Fahey, especially books entitled The Mystical Body of Christ in the Modern World and The Mystical Body of Christ and the Reorganization of Society. You can get a complete set of Father Fahey's works, 14 in all, for less than $150 through that Loretto Press, which I mentioned earlier. And many of his writings, all in fact, are available for free on the internet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.